the church of those called out ones that have been separated out. Peter said you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You don't belong to this world. You have gotten out of the kingdom of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. You are the church. And he could say, here, old church. Talking to church folks now. You might need to listen and then do what is said in the word. Welcome to the light of the world. And this is Jerry G. Martin. Moses spoke to God's people and say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Peter spoke to the church and say, We need to continue growing up spiritually. We're going to share these messages with you today to help you to know that God is one and that you should keep growing spiritually. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. There's a difference between God's people and the people in the world who do not know God. And if you're not careful, we won't even know that we're supposed to be different. If you're not careful, you won't even know. So when we say, let the church say amen, there's a difference between people who are in church and the church. The church are those called out ones that have been separated out. That's what that means. You the ecclesia, the ones who have been called out. And Peter said you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You don't belong to this world no more. You have gotten out of the kingdom of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. You are the church. And he could say, here, old church. Talking to church folks now. You might need to listen and then do what is said in the word. God have a difference between those that are his and those that are not. Moses says to the Israelites, hear, O Israel. He says, we're not part of the culture that surrounds us. See, there are times when we are in the middle of living our lives that we need to be reminded of who we are. We're not part of this culture. Sometimes you can't tell it. But we're not part of this culture. That's not what God called us to be. We're not part of the popular thought and the popular opinion. So when I hear the people who say, I'm God's people talking like the world and thinking like the world, I'm wondering, are you really Israel? Are you really the church? Are you just somebody in the church? See, there's a difference between being something and in something. You know, a few years ago, I went on a mission trip down to Angola prison. We stayed in the prison for two nights. And I told somebody I was in Angola. And he said, you were in prison. No, I said I was at the prison. But I wasn't in prison. There's a difference. Some folks are at church. But they ain't in church. They're at church every Sunday. But they ain't in church because the church is not in them. There's a difference. Don't fool yourself. Just thank you because you at church that you in church. And he says, no, there's a difference between the people of God and the people who are not the people of God. We are not representative of the world system. You can't let what you see on TV frame your thinking. You can't let all the talk shows frame what your thinking is. 
You can't let all these reality shows just frame who you are and shape your mind and your culture and your thought and your morals. You can't do that if you're part of God. There's the Bible that tells you how you're supposed to live. There's the word of God that tells you who you are and how you're supposed to function. Don't let all these other folk They'll have you talking like them, walking like them, acting like them, and receiving what they get. Moses said to them, God brought you out of Egypt. Now, you know, when they were in Egypt, Egypt had a lot of different gods. When you're in a place and you part of that culture where there's a lot of different gods, they had a lot of different opportunities and they were worshiping some of the gods, even though they were Israel, they were trying to do what the Egyptians were doing. That's why you see as soon as Moses went up to the mountain and left them, they built the golden calf. That wasn't just something they thought of. They had one of those in Egypt. How come we can't have no golden calf? And when he came back down, they were partying. Yeah, now this is what I'm talking about. How come we can't have no golden calf? That's what church folks want to know today. How come I can't have a good time like I was just cause I come to the church. You old school. How come I can't just do what I like to do and still be in church and jam like I like to jam, roll like I like to roll and still sing in the worship team? How come I can't do that? What's wrong with y'all over there? I know where I'm gonna go. Y'all wished I was talking about fasting now, don't you? This is what Moses is saying. He had him standing on the cliff in the, in the plains there, getting ready to go over. He says, here, O Israel, you need to know who you are. Because where you're going, you're going to need everything God's got. There's some things that are coming over and that you're going to have to face when you get in the promised land that you're going to need God on your side day by day by day. So before we go in, you better figure out who you are. Who are these people of Israel? The book of Deuteronomy gives us a, an idea of how God thought about them again in chapter 7, verse 5. He's saying to them, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the people on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. God has chosen you. Just think about that. Out of all the people in the world, he said, these people God has chosen to be his treasured possession. You're mine. He said, I want to do something with you. I want to show everybody else all over the world what I can do with mine. I want to show you what I can do with mine. Look at this, verse 7. The Lord did not set his affections on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people. For you were the fewest of all people. But it was because God loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery and from the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Know this, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. He says, I want to do something with you. God made a blessing promise to Abraham. 
He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your people. You're going to be numerous and you're going to be blessed. My blessings will always be on you. Israel still exists today. And Israel is a blessed nation. They're not too numerous, but they're powerful. They're one of the most powerful nations on the planet. Because God says, I'm still your God. Isaiah 43 says this about Israel. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And he says, I want you to remember what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, is one. That doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but where they were coming from. Remember in Egypt, Egypt had a lot of gods. God said, I'm one. The Canaanites in the land of Canaan, where they were going. They had a lot of gods. They had a god for some of everything. They had a god for peace, a god for war, a god for rain, a god for this and that and whatever, a god for fertility and a god for this and that. And the people didn't know which one to worship. One people over there praying to the god of rain, the other one praying to the god that it wouldn't rain. God says, I am one. Moses asked God, said, who shall I tell Pharaoh that's sending me to, to get these people? God said, tell him I am. And he said, I can't tell you anything specifically. I'm just telling you I am. I am the God that can do all of that. I can do all that needs to be done. I can make it rain. I can make it dry up. I can heal the sick. I can do any of that. I am God. I am one. Everything is in me. Everything you need is in this one God. That's me. I am the creator of the universe. I'm the one that brought the, the mountains up and the oceans. I, I carved them out by my hand. I am God. You don't need nobody else. You say, think about it. Those I brought you out of Egypt. They had hundred gods. Their gods couldn't save them from me. I saved you from them. Their gods couldn't save them from me. I'm God. I am one. And there are people now that want to have God plus. Well, you got your God and I got my God. And, you know, everybody got a high power. And, you know, I know you know. When you get in a crisis, you better know who you're talking to. When the doctor tell you that it don't look good, you better know who you're talking to. When you're down to your last and you don't know how, how, how you're going to make it, you better know who you're talking to. You better talk to the one Big Mama used to talk to when you said he can make a way out of no way. He's a lawyer in the courtroom and he's a doctor in the sick room. They know who they were talking to. I don't know where y'all come from with all of this. Y'all been watching too much TV. We know who God is. With that in mind, he said, now love the Lord, your God. Now the question is, is he your God? That's the question. Love the Lord, your God. If he's not your God, then you got another issue. But if he's my God, I need to love him. 
I need to love him and, and not minimize what he's done in my life. We can get so far away from thinking about what God has done for us that we don't even want to lift our hands and, and worship him anymore without being instructed to do so. During worship, I was just thinking about all the things that God has done. I'm just thinking about the building that we're sitting in and just thinking, you know, if God wasn't on our side, we wouldn't be here. If God didn't move, if God didn't work for me, if God didn't open that door, I wouldn't be on this job. I know God opened this door for me. If God didn't move in my life, I know I wouldn't be here today. If God didn't rescue me, if God didn't put his hand of protection around me, you know you would have ran off the road when you was driving drunk. But God had a plan for you. God was looking out for you. God knew what he needed to do in your life. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. It might have been 20 years ago, but I will never forget what you've done for me. God was on my side. Yeah, I know it was God. I know it was God. I know it was God. I couldn't do it on my own. He's the Lord, my God. Come on, say he's my God. Paul said, but my God shall supply all of my need. My God. Come on, say my God. He's my God. He's still alive. He's alive and he's well. He's still able to do all that he ever want to do. And the Bible said, love the Lord your God. I'm going to love the Lord your God. Because if we don't love God, everything else is just routine. We're going to get weary. We're going to get worn. We're going to get tired. We're going to get, we get on our nerves. We got issues and all of this stuff. But love the Lord your God. This is where we must be clear in our minds and our heart that he is the Lord and he is our God. That's the first thing we need to settle. No matter what else is going on around us, no matter where we've been or what's happening, I know that he's my God. God. So if he's not the Lord your God, then none of this applies to you. It's difficult to love him if he's not your Lord and your God. It's a good time to remind us then of who we are and how he sees us. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, but you, talking to the church now, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, it says in the King James, a peculiar, a special people. Now, you got to know who you are. Now, if you don't know who you are, you're just walking around just thinking, I'm just barely making it and nobody loves me. You know, people say, nobody loves me. Well, God loves you. If God loves you, he's more than everybody else. Worry about whether you know that God loves me. He says, you are his own special people. You are called that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's how God sees you. You are a chosen, specifically chosen generation, royal priesthood. Some, some of y'all don't even know how to act when you're royal. Come on, you need to fix your shoulders up and lift up your head and, and say, I'm a royal priest, a royal priesthood. You want to live large? Live large in the Lord. I'm royal and I'm a priesthood. I'm not at the bottom of the list. I'm at the top of the list. 
We're a holy nation. He called us a holy nation. And I guarantee you there are not many people in here thinking themselves as a holy person. He said, you're a holy nation. What does he mean? You are set apart. You are set apart. Don't let nobody else roll you over. Don't let nobody else bully you to being worldly. I tell them I'm set apart. I'm a, I belong to God. I don't do that. Come on, let's do this. No, we don't do that there. Why you don't do that there? Because I'm holy unto the Lord. I'm a royal priest. I'm a part of a holy nation. We don't do that. You don't have to be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of who I am. We don't do that. And when enough people will start saying we don't do that, the world will get an understanding that believers in Christ Jesus are different. We're different people. We're special people. We're holy people. We don't do that. But they've gotten us so intimidated that we're afraid to even say a blessing over our meal in public. Don't let them do that to you. There's a generation of people in this country that don't know God, and they're going to need somebody that's got a light. I was at the high school Friday. I was at a little table doing something in a little exhibit. The students were coming by, and I would speak to them, and every once in a while I said, do you go to church anywhere? There was a young girl, I think she was a ninth grader, freshman. She says, no, I don't, but I sh- my folks don't go to church, but I sure wish I could go. There's a generation that is seeking. They're seeking to know. They know it's something more than what's out here. They're connected to all the internet and all the stuff going on in cyberspace, but they say there's still something missing. And if we don't have anything to give them or to show them but what they already see, that ain't nothing. When we were young, we were trying to go on a seek and search mission for sex. They grew up with sex. They say, well, what's next? That ain't nothing. There's no mysteries to them. We had mysteries. Some of y'all were grown before y'all know where babies came from. (laughs) They told me. (laughs) Maybe I'm dating myself. (laughs) But these kids, there's no mysteries. So they're looking for what's the difference in life. Who's different? Who's there? Who's got a meaning? Who's connected? Who got the truth? And people are going to start looking for the truth. And this is our time to rise up and say, no, 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 no. No, we're not blended in with everybody. You notice how they're trying to blend everybody in to make everybody the same? You know, we ain't the same. The more we try to be more diverse, the more they try to make everybody the same. People are not coming up saying, I'm not, either, I'm not either male nor female. I say, I know, you're crazy. You don't have a good understanding. That's the result of what's been coming to our culture to just blend everybody in so that we're just like some kind of animal or, or some kind of a being that doesn't have any direction or anything that we can be programmed like anybody else. That's where they're trying to go with. But we're going to say, no, 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 no. We are the people of God. Here 
O church, that the Lord our God is one. And we are called to love God with our heart and our mind and our soul and our spirit and let God use our lives because as he wanted to do with the Israelites, he wanted to do with the church today. I want people to see that you're a blessed nation. I want people to see that you got power over the enemy. You got power to be a witness. You have a testimony. You are blessed going out. You are blessed coming in. Don't matter what's going on in the economy, you're still blessed. I want them to see that there's somebody that can lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. I want to see that there's somebody that can cast out demonic forces. What's wrong with this man going to walk in the airport and start shooting somebody? Now, listen to this. What he said, he said, I hear voices. I was thinking about that. What kind of voices do you think he was hearing? The words of God are to ever be, be before his people. If you read this passage in Deuteronomy that we started with, Moses is telling them, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then with all your soul and your mind and then teach this to your children. Talk to them about it in the morning when they get up. Talk to them in the evening when they go to bed. When they're going along the way, walking along the way, talk to them about it. Keep this word alive in their lives so they'll know who I am, who they are, and how they need to respond to me. The words of God are to be here forever, day by day for us. It ought to be part of the routines of our lives. Every day we need to engage with God and his love for us. I'm going to close with this passage, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 18 says this. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession, as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor high above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God, as he promised. God didn't call them just so they could just love him. God also wanted to be a blessing to them. He says, I will set you above all the other nations as I have promised. I don't care where you go. You can talk about Jewish people all you want, but those people are blessed people. God promised them. He said, I'm going to bless you to a thousand generations, no matter where you are. God will bless you. God is here to bless us. There may be turbulent days ahead, but I'm not worried about what's coming ahead because God is my God. And God is our God. If God is our God, we're under his control. And no matter what's happening around us, we're going to be blessed as we are the church. God called us out. We are different. He has a different purpose, a different plan for us. We are the people of God. We are holy unto God. We are separate from other people. I'm not saying we're better than people, but I'm saying we're separate. We are the people of God. Don't forget who you are. And then let's turn our hearts to God so that we will love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you this message today to help you to first recognize the Lord your God is one. 
you don't need any other higher power because God is one and he contains everything you need. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. There you can listen to today's message or previous messages that aired on this broadcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast and get a notice that a new podcast is available for your listening enjoyment. I don't have to remind you that we're living in turbulent times. The Spirit of God is reaching out for those of you who don't know Him. If you are ready to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, you can do so now. If you need us to help you with that or pray with you that God will come into your life, Call us right now at our prayer line number of 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. I invite you to join us either in person or online each Sunday at lowcf.org or at our location of 16161 Old Humble Road. Be sure to visit our bookstore. We have it right here on our campus. Call us for church supplies, communion supplies, books or Bibles that you might need at 281-441-2885. Again, that number is 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.